This is CliffCentral.com. My name is Sonia Booth. Welcome to the Opinion Booth. She writes, directs, and edits films, a founder of Black Queer, of which the Twitter bio reads, We are militant about creating creative counterculture spaces. Phew, that's a lot of C's. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. she refers to herself as a controversial, independent musician and curator. Obi Mavoso, welcome to the Opinion Booth. Thank you so much, man. I'm very excited and I'm very like um, honored to be here. Thank you. So now I love mm. your quickness. Uh, is quickness the right word to use? Yeah. Because I mean, I mean you, 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 the way you spell black with a V replacing the A, how yes. you write your name with a capital B. Uh-huh. Is that a deliberate attempt to it be is, different? It is because I feel that people sleep on me, so I make them super vigilant with how I write, <laughs> you know, and I brand myself. So, yeah, it's very important to me. Um, Pe- yeah. People sleep on you? Yeah. They've, they've Ex- slept on me that. a lot of times. Um, I mean, sleep on me in a sense of I've, I've created a lot of spaces and worked with artists who have uh, booming careers as we speak. Um, However, I feel like people don't really give me the props, especially here in South Africa. So I give myself the props. And oftentimes people say I am arrogant. And I'm like, no, it's just confidence. Even Beyonce says it. You know, it's it's not it's not arrogance. It's confidence. And sometimes people feel some type of way because they they might want to borrow it from us. You know, but yeah, that's that's why I do. Because I do. my thing is that if you're not confident. On your behalf, who's going to be confident on your behalf or be confident for you? Exactly. If you don't put it out there that I am the best at what I do, Mm -hmm. nobody else is going to do that for you or you're not going to wait for somebody else to do that for you because it might not come, right? You might wait forever, right? Mm -hmm. But now, who are those people that are not giving you the props? Uh, (laughs) A lot of them. A lot you, of them. It's, it's, it's Cliff Central uncensored. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to, to, uh, to, yeah, to speak your mind. It's, it's a lot of them. Um, I've I've created spaces since 2012. I moved from because originally I'm from King Williamstown, the Eastern Cape, and I've always just been this different child from my family. Um, and then I was like, ah, staying in a small town with uh, small-minded people who won't allow me to grow won't do much for me because I know that I have a strong personality. So I moved to Cape Town in 2012. I only had 1,500 rand in my bank account, but I was like, I will make it work. I have friends and maybe they will love me enough to support me while I find myself. And I, fortunately I had a group of friends who allowed me to brave out and create a brand called Jam That Session at the time. I started with a friend. Um, it did really well. We worked with uh, people like your Sam- Samantha Lehukos, minus the controversies that happened between us and her, um, and Lois Omkize, an amazing uh, visual artist in South Africa. We've worked with so many brilliant artists. Uh, Zoe Modicha is also one of them. I love her. She's brilliant. She actually came up at our, our, our um, uh, um, uh, space. So it's one thing that I pride myself in. I have a, I have a knack for um, knowing how to look at, for talent or scout talent, if you, if you may put it that way. Um, so yeah, f- from then when I created those spaces in Cape Town, I just saw like a lot of hostility from people. Instead of actually celebrating someone who has nothing but is growing, people were so quick to just seem very hostile and unnecessary and then they will project their negativity on me. Obviously, I wasn't coached as to how to deal with such, you know. Um, so I didn't know how to deal with it. And being an empath that I was, it, it I absorbed all that negativity and I didn't know and, and I self-destructed in a way. So, But I'm very happy to be where I am right now. I'm very um, peaceful. 
Um, and now I know how to engage with people better and to also just be, um, or just to uh, preserve my space, um, so to speak. I mean, you're a busy bee. You just mentioned Gem, mm. that session, right? Yes. Which, yes. um, you hosted in Cape Town. Yes, yes. And then Queers on Smash. That was after Gem, that session. So, well, that was actually, while I was still um, curating Jam That Session, Jam That Session was more of an alternative space for artists in South Africa. So artists like myself. Um, and then Queers on Smash, I felt I needed to create queer counterculture spaces in South Africa. So hence Queers on Smash. But I dissolved the company and moved to Black Queer because Black, Black Queer is where I am. You know, it's progressive. It's edgy. Um, I feel like it, it could go, you know, on a global market more than Queers on Smash. So yeah, that's, that's me. What a counterculture spaces. Okay. Well, I would say it's space. It's not your typical commercialized South African spaces. You know, you get your commercial spaces that always book artists like your Casper and your Vests, your AKAs. Yeah. It's always like a thing in South Africa of which there are people like me who like alternative or counterculture spaces, let's say we listen to artists like the internet, artists like us, like Side the Kid, who's also from the internet, artists like Anderson Park, artists like Obima Vuso, artists like Tanisho Mazwai, artists like Zoe Modicha, artists like, yeah, like, like great artists from South Africa who aren't commercial. So there are people like us like that. And there are also queer people like me, queer people being the LGBT community who enjoy, you know, being in safe spaces where they can feel comfortable because they're with like-minded people. I am for that. And um, I'm always going to be militant about creating such spaces because I feel, most of the time, I feel excluded. You know, most of the time I don't get bookings. Um, I don't know if, you know, promoters don't think I'm cool enough or my music isn't cool enough. So I'm just like, okay, I will just create my events and book myself and book other people. I like and that. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> You're not going to book me. I'll yeah, create my I'll, own and I'll book myself, I'll book myself and I'll pay myself. That's I'll right. sign my own check. <laughs> no, because, it, it, you know, initially when I, when I saw the mm. wording counterculture, the first thing that came to mind, the initial thought was rebellious. Exactly. Yes. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. I'm on the right track. You're on the right track. Yeah. Okay. So save spaces to be with like-minded people mm-hmm. to push different missions, exactly. agendas, whatever that you want to put out mm. there. Let's have conversations as well. Cause most of the time it's just about parties and, you know, um, turning up, drinking. And then now we, we, we hear of people, you know, committing suicide because like, you know, Drugs and alcohol, you know, get normalized into this culture. And then people don't think, people don't see that we need conversations. We need dialogue. Um, and that's the reason why I open such spaces so that we may talk. And then that would, I think, lessen, you know, um, you know, depression or suicide rates in South Africa. Um, but I don't think South Africans really think it's a cool thing yet. They think it's, 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 it's a, it's a weepy, mushy thing where, um, people just come together and just have sobby, you know, conversations. But it's 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 just a support system, you know. Um, it's just encouraging people, you know, to know that it's okay not to be okay. And when you're not okay, it's okay to speak with other people who are also not okay, so that you may learn and grow together. I think that would actually um, help, you know, because there's a lot of toxicity out there. And then being healthy individuals or instilling, you know, a culture of being a healthy individual would be great, you know. So that's why I do what I do. I'm glad mm. you mentioned toxicity. Yes. Because you've released new songs yes. which speak about abandonment, 
issues mm-hmm. is that based on your own life or observations of other people's lifestyles mm, I, I would think it's, it's it's based on my own life um to be honest um i'm not shy to speak on my life and to speak on the fact that you know i was raised by a narcissistic mother um and when she was alive because she passed away when i was 9 along with my father so when she was ni- when i was 9 um and before that i i, di- I wasn't aware almost as a child that oh my oh my god like my mother is this person you know but i don't remember you know feeling that motherly love from my mother you know what i mean so when you're raised by a narcissistic parent um, you grow up being a uh, a healer. What you call what's 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 that? Uh, you, you you grow up being a codependent, and um, as you grow, you 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 have to be needed by people around you. You have to heal people, and that's when you 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 gain your sense of self worth by being needed by people. So I grew up being that person. I had to, I had I had to please other people in order to feel great about myself and that was toxic you know and i didn't know that i was that person until recently you know what i mean when i was uh, married um I, I was married to a woman she was delightful however i saw that we both had issues that we we hadn't gotten over and we made rash decisions and that's that those rash decisions got us to get married you know didn't end well um but i learned i learned a lot from that relationship and all of those abandonment issues and uh, the trauma from my childhood, they just came out. And um, it happens sometimes when you meet the wrong partner. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's interesting. You lost your, you said you lost your mom at nine years. Yes, and, and your both dad? Parents. Both at parents. nine. Both parents, yeah. Wow. Yeah. As in at the same time. Yeah, I mean months apart, but same Whoa. time. Yeah, at yeah. the age of nine. Any siblings? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I also lost my brother. Hey, like as well. Yeah. Same year. Like same time. She. I mean, he passed away, and was buried with my mother on the same. He Good. passed away in my mother's funeral, and Goodness they, it was it was very traumatic. Me. Very traumatic experience. I won't so lie. you're the only child. I'm the only child. No now. siblings. No siblings. No. Whoa, that's hectic. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned something very interesting and mm-hmm. um, I love your openness. I love yeah, how sure. you, how for you sure. speak your truth because okay. often we live a lie. Yeah. Often we pretend that it's all glory and, no. you know, and, and golden and mm. fabulous and all that. But you, you mentioned something very profound that you had issues that you had not dealt with, but they caught up with you. Mm-hmm. People talk about, what do they say? Your demons coming back to haunt you. Demons as in if, if, you, if you're not going to deal with it, don't think just by ignoring it, it's just going to disappear. It will catch exactly. up with you and it caught up with you. But luckily for you, you, you caught on it before it was too late and mm-hmm. you, you faced your demons, if we can call it that. And, mm-hmm. and you, you're in a better space now. Would you say I that? I mean, I wouldn't say it's demons because I wasn't even aware that they were there. Yeah. You know, so I needed to, I needed for life to, teach me a lesson and life was pushing me in directions the whole time. Sometimes I saw that I am being taught a lesson here. I need to stay away from these kind of people, but I didn't want to because maybe I was too young to, and naive to actually know what was good for me. So, but I learned a lot of painful lessons from uh, people. People have always been teaching me lessons. And now I understand that it's very important um, to have a, your own sense of self. You have 
to have to have to have to know, have your sense of self. If you don't, and then you keep, you will keep on meeting people who will just keep on reminding you that sense of self is not here. Where is sense of self? Okay. Try to find sense of self and it's not going to, it's going to be painful. It's going to be so painful and it's very unfair for you to, um, to project because you're going to project a lot when you're not yourself. And then that person must carry the burden of always being your parent, so to speak, like taking care of you. Nobody has to take care of you. Nobody is entitled. You, you, you shouldn't be entitled as a person that, oh, I have a mother. Even when your mother gives birth to you, they don't, they don't need to take care of you. They have to, I mean, nurture you for the first few years and teach you, okay, this is the basis of being a human being. You need love like this. And that's where, that way you, you will, you have that sense of self. So I didn't have that. So now I, like, it took so many years, like maybe 26 years for me to develop it. You, can you imagine, like, the, the sure. work that I should have had when I was young, it only happened, it took 25 years. Could it happen over six years? Because as a, as a human being, as a child, that's you, you, you fully develop when you're six years old, when you're conscious of, I am, I have my own identity now. This is my sense of humor now. You know what I mean? Some people don't have that. And that's why we still have people who will continue to always be messed up, going in and out of jail because they have development issues. And it's very important. And I, I, I'm now very much into helping children understand um, that you, you, like abuse is abuse. And mm-hmm. um, even your grandmother that you love so much can be very abusive and you need a, a good support system as a child. So I'm also very much into that as well, like teaching children to know that their voice matters starts as a child. Profound. A study <laughs> in the U.S. You, you've, you, you've got so much wisdom. How old are you? I'm 27. You, where do you get all this wisdom? You know, huh? um, the, the way you're talking, it's like you've lived for like forever. I feel like I have. You've got I don't a know. brain of a 70 year old that's lived <laughs> and that seen thing? it all. It's, it's a compliment. Ah, thank you. Oh, cause hey. I'm, I'm, I, I appreciate wisdom. That's why I'm mm. sitting here. I mean, I'm, I'm not even looking in my notes cause I'm listening to you and you could continue talking yeah. because <laughs> you are full of wisdom. You're like an oh. elephant and you know, an elephant and yes. a dolphin, they're known for their Big brains. Mm, okay. Kudos yes, I'll, to you. I'll take it's that. a flipping compliment. Thank of course. Thank you take so much. it. No, no, no. In your stride and own it. And say, So now, mm-hmm. a study in the US suggests that suggests mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. same sex relationships suffer higher levels of domestic violence than heterosexual ones. Why is that you think? Because I was I was what? alarmed at that, I was alarmed. Uh, whoa, wow, <laughs> that's actually a shocking st- statistic. Yeah. because I would think it's actually heterosexual people. Yeah, that's Be- what I thought. Sure. Okay. Well, I think from my standpoint, I feel like maybe it's like a lot of the abandonment issues that we go through. Because number one, we go through our parents maybe um, not being there for us at a, at a young age, and then we also still go through that rejection. Um, you know, uh-huh. so it's a lot of abuse that's instilled and, and black families are the worst. Like once you show them that this is who I am, I'm a, I'm a homosexual. You're like, they even teach their children who are way younger than you to treat you like badly. My family is like that. I have, uh, nieces and, uh, young cousins that will, that they don't respect me and they don't respect me because their parents tell me you don't respect someone like that. And it's sad. Sure. It's very sad because now you can't uh, reach that child because they're so 
into what their parents are saying. You know what I mean? You see what, what parents, how toxic parents poisoned, are. Yeah. Like black parents are very toxic and, and, uh, I don't know how to actually really get to the children because I, f- I feel very, very sorry for the next generation that's coming out. Like the ones that are younger than me. And I see them like around Brahm, you know, it's that screw, screw culture. Like it's just, it's, it's, it's that whole normalization of drugs and normalization of self abuse, normalization of abusing other people, not taking accountability. And it's from their, their, their parents. They see this and they think it's, it's cool. You know, so that's my stance. And I think it's just like a whole lot of rejection from black families. And then um, the reason why uh, domestic violence happens between LGBT couples is because they're still finding themselves. And it's so sad. They're still finding themselves. And they think that being in relationships is the most healthiest thing. It's not. Sometimes it's okay to take a step back and be single. It's okay. Stop listening to what TV says that, oh my gosh, you will be seen as a loser if you take time for yourself. No. Who says that? And look at these couples that are breaking up all the time and the media reports them. It's sad. No. It's pathetic. It's actually very pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's very, yo, it's sad. So now you, you, you of the, are you in agreement that, 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 that the same statistics are a, true reflection of what is going on in South Africa in particular, because the study was done for the U.S. Well, I think, yeah, I think South Africa is just going through the most. Eh? South African LGBT couples, LGBT people are just going through the most. South Africans in general are going through the most. Um, if we're not hurting each other verbally, it's just physical. Um, and when someone dares to say, no, this is not how you treat me. Then the person is like, how dare you tell me this is not how, like, how do you want me to treat you? You know, um, there's a culture of, I will silence you. You know, I will, I will, I will, um, what's, what's what I will invalidate your pain. There's a culture like hmm. uh, it's bubbling in South Africa. Wow. Your pain is not, uh, 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 you know, important enough. My pain is louder and important enough. And there's that whole cool kid culture as well, where um, if a, a, a crew of people don't like you and they don't even know you, they will just also go on social media and they will just say a lot of negative things about you just to silence you because maybe you speak too much truth or, you know, it's that whole thing. I feel like we're going through it in South Africa. And people must just take care of their mental health. I feel like the time is now. Um, it's so sad. I was in Melville this past weekend. I was dragged by a friend because I don't really like going out these days. And I went there and most of the time I was just sober and just looking at things around me happening. Man, I'm seeing this, this young gay boy, you know, I think he was probably 25, 24. He looked very young, but he was out of it. He was like drunk, like uh, sitting by the side of the road, puking his guts out. And then the, 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 the lady who was standing next to him, I don't think, I don't know if that's his friend or what, but I don't know if, um, friends these days are so supportive, you know, of each other. And maybe they can just tell each other that maybe you shouldn't be drinking that much, you know? I don't think that people do that a lot, you know? And I don't know why. It's not cool to be standing by the side of the road. No. Looking like that. Picking your guts out. No, there's nothing cool about no. that. No. So, yeah, I there's nothing think- cute about that. No, 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 not no. at all. Yeah. Well, you also speak and sing about the black lesbian experience in South Africa, particularly in this day and age to. in 2018. I have to. 
did that lead to Black Queer TV? Yes. Um, to be honest, when I started Black Queer, um, it was just about selling merchandise, like um, um, uh, f- um, uh, positive, you know, uh, messages displaying, you know, the, 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 the LGBT experience in South Africa. It did well for, for the most part. And then I just thought about branching out because I've always been passionate about uh, filmmaking. Um, I have a short film that's out called Asanda Forever. Um, if you search for it on YouTube, the same name, Asanda Forever, you'll find it. Um, and I've just been writing a lot of scripts. Last year, December, something really uh, profound happened in my life and it changed how I view life. Um, so I went back home in the Eastern Cape and I started writing a lot of scripts. Maybe I wrote like 10 scripts in December. And I was like, that's a lot. (laughs) I was just writing. And then, um, actually I haven't even produced those, those, uh, that work. Um, I started writing a new script that I, I, I started shooting, um, last week. And I wrapped it up. I just wrapped it up. It's a reality TV uh, series portraying the, the 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 lesbian and gay experience in South Africa. Um, my vision with Black Queer TV is to just tell as many LGBT positive stories, you know, and to I don't know teach South African people that we are human, you know, it, and and we don't have to be flamboyant to be cool to you. We 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 don't always have to have masks and uh, let you guys treat us, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a bad way. And then you think that we're still going to be cool with being treated in a bad way. Because I watch how a lot of heterosexuals treat me and my new partner. It's, I'm just like, no, you know, and my partner is, she doesn't really like confrontation. I also don't, but I, I will put my foot down when you try and, you know, treat me bad because I'm not, I'm not allowing negativity anymore. You don't get to treat me like that anymore. All of that abuse is in the past, you know, now I just don't tolerate negativity at all. So that's where black queer TV comes from. I'm very rebellious about what I do. And I know a lot of people keep on saying that, Oh, you know, it's going to take so long for you to actually get anywhere. Okay. That's your opinion. People say that to you. Yeah, that's your opinion, and I'm so <laughs> what happy. What people are you keeping around you? No, they, they, it's not people that I keep around me, but I meet a lot of people, you know. So it's it's part of also, you know, being this passionate person that I am. I I I always have to get myself out of comfortable situations, go and shoot maybe by MTN taxi rank, and then you meet very like very different people, and then they will tell you a lot of things, you know. So that's part of it, and I'm just saying like whatever people say, um. I don't internalize it because that's your opinion and I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you have an opinion and you think it matters to me. You know what I mean? It will never matter, but I respect you enough to, you know, listen to you. And then I dismiss that. You know what I mean? Because I know what my goal is for my life. You know, I know I call myself like the, the, the black lesbian Oprah. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be that, that person who, who owns her own TV network. You know okay. what I mean? And I'm, I'm just gonna up, and I see myself working with your Issa Rays, you know, I see myself working with these very big figures, you know, maybe I'll even sit down with Kanye West one day. I'm sitting down with you, you know, I never thought this would happen. I'm sitting down with you, Sonia Booth. I've been, but I've been reading about you. I'm not a big, I'm not a big, you're a big deal. I'm not a big deal. No, you're a big deal. No, I'm sorry, you're a big deal. You're a big deal. Now I'm blushing. Now now you're distracting me. This is South Africa, you know what I mean? And most of the times we read, 
magazines, you know. I've read magazines and, and have heard, you know, of your name, uh, like, over the years. And I was like, okay, she seems like a very well-kept woman. You seem very gracious. Well-kept. <laughs> yeah, you seem like you're very gracious. You, you, you're quite self-aware. I don't know if that's... That, you know, but that's what you give okay, off. Okay, stop talking about me. Let's, let's start. I don't want just to talk about me. This is about but, you. Well, what I'm saying is we have, um, this is South Africa, you know, and I'm a child from a very small town, you know, and I grew up reading drum magazines. I, I grew up reading people magazines, putting posters on my wall and saying, I want to be that, you know, I want to, when I read tabloids about South African celebrities, seeing Sonia Booth with Matthew Booth, I was like, okay, I want to be that one day. And look at me now, I'm sitting down can with I, can you. I, can I move on from that? Okay. Because I'm, I'm really <laughs> blushing you and you're okay. messing up my makeup. <laughs> I, I want to talk about something which, yes. which is not easy to talk about. Mm-hmm. Corrective rape. Mm. Which is a hate crime. People mm-hmm. do not want to call it a hate crime. People want to want to bracket it as a rape, but it is a hate crime. Mm. Full stop. A major issue in South Africa, mm. Kailicha, Langa, most of the townships actually, yes. and many other countries, many other townships, many other countries. Are you hopeful that you will live? To be in a safe space where you truly feel feel you belong in your lifetime. Mm. Oh, that's that's giving me a lot to think about. To be honest, it's something that I'm I'm, I'm always you know on edge about, um, and it's mostly something that um, breaks my heart. Um, because even when I was coming um, here today, just how like I see people you know around me you know looking at me and. Have, having these disgusted faces breaks my heart because I don't feel like I'm safe. I don't feel, um, I don't feel like people are, are open, you know, to understanding other people that are different from them. And for as long as that happens, I don't feel like I will be safe. Um, I had a, a, a tragic incident that happened to me last year in December, where I was I, I was stabbed by you know. Uh, one man who's a security guard, um, and I ended up actually going to prison for four days. You know what I mean? But that guy actually attacked me. Um, so it was a very, you know, the system is is, is messed up um, because I was just seen as a, you know, as a as a masculine woman who looks wild. So therefore. You know, I'm violent enough to hurt a man. And they didn't like, I don't feel like they saw that I'm still a woman. You know what I mean? And they, 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 they there was no compassion. I was just like thrown in the van like I'm, I'm an animal. My hands were bleeding. Thank God that I still have all my fingers. Um, and I just was like, I'm just, wow. Being a victim and then you have to go through all of that is, is the worst. You're a victim and you put in the police van. Exactly. But apparently in South Africa, when because uh, I didn't even have a chance to actually go and lay, um, open a case, when when another person opens opens a case against you, then you are you know the the person who should go to jail. That's how it works in South Africa. They locked me in a room, and then they still were kicking me around, and you know what I mean. But nothing was done to you know remedy the situation, or th- there was just no compassion. So I don't know. I'm often, uh, I'm very upset most of the time when I think about how even the police, when you go and report such instances, there's just no compassion. There's just, just that 
underlying, you know, patronizing homophobia that just won't go away. And I'm just, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, maybe my days are numbered. <laughs> so Don't say that. I don't know. You know, so maybe that's why I'm so full of life these days. Maybe like a day is coming where, but I don't know. I don't feel safe in South Africa. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. So now <laughs> this is what I'm about to read is based on your post. Okay. It has been reported that around 30% of LGBTI employees say they have seen instances of homophobic discrimination in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And 73% avoid discussing their private life at work. You tweeted, the corporate space can be so homophobic, but even with such ignorance, S-A-L-G-B-T-I voices must be heard. Yes. In your opinion, how can companies tackle LGBTI discrimination in the workplace? It's exactly how I feel with uh, um, people in general. Um, we may be in corporate spaces, but that doesn't uh, negate the fact that we're still human beings. Um, so it's just more empathy you know, in, in the workspace and just don't treat like LGBT people as like, you know, your, your puppets. Like we're not here to just put on a show for you at the workspace just because you want to be cheered up or whatever. Like just treat us as you, as human beings, just leave us like leave us alone. If we don't want to talk, like be there if we actually, you know, want to talk, you know, create a community where it feels, you know, chilled and, not hostile for, for, for people of different personalities, backgrounds, cultures. You know, the whole sexuality thing is shouldn't be a big deal, but people make it a big deal. Just treat people with respect. And I think a lot of things would be different, you know. Simple as yeah. that. As simple as that. The song Andizi, which mm -hmm. means I'm not coming, yeah. speaks about how the world has changed due to the nature of the new capitalist society. You said it. Mm -hmm. What is your opinion on the capitalist society? Uh, I feel like it's, it's, it's changed a lot of people. Um, I feel like it strips away, you know, from, from the essence of, you know, people. Um, and altruism is not a thing these days because capitalism just keeps on sucking, you know, the lifeblood of, uh, humanity and, uh, and just, you know, healthy ideals like peace and love. There's none of that. There's not a lot of that anymore, but it's a lot of um, ruthlessness where people feel like, okay, I must step on other people's toes now because I need to make money. That's the mentality. So capitalism for me, I, I'm not about it. I'm sorry. Like I live in a capitalist society, yes, but it doesn't mean that I have to subscribe, you know, to those ideals. They're not mine. We cannot talk about Andizi without okay. you belting out a small line and a chorus. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is one from the song. It's a uh, Van Gogh's. It's, it's an ode to Van Gogh, who was a famous painter. I didn't get his, um, what his due. So it's oil on canvas, post-impressionism, sadness reigns again, ill-facing window from his asylum, room just before the sun rises. Will the sadness remain or will it haunt the depths of my soul and echo in the corners of my melancholic mind, mind, mind? Oh, oh, that's that's it.
So listen, listen to the listen okay, to the music. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you also penned a song which yeah. pays homage to Akumzi Jazile the late, um, mm-hmm. as well as the late Mama Matigizela Mandela. Yes. Mind singing just the chorus for us. What, what is it again? Okay, now because it's, it's very new, so now I have to actually think about it. Oh my god, uh, I can sing another called Cosmic Fire because like fine. I'm on the spot. Okay, Cosmic Fire. Gena, are you sure? Usafuna, uzoshiwa. If I uba langa, there's a lot to be happy about. I'm a Johnny. They are always ready for war. Are you ready? You must be ready. Mm, goosebumps everywhere. <laughs> Obi, mm. thank you so much for your time. Thank you. you thank you for you. inviting me. I'm in awe. I mean, I, I, I could talk to you all day. As I said, you are full of wisdom and I love how you give it a thought when you, you know, you, you mm. are very enlightening. Ah, thank you. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for the space. Thank you for inviting me to your happy home. Felt really good. In to my talk studio. To you. In your studio. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I learned compassion from being discriminated against. Everything bad that's ever happened to me has taught me compassion. Ellen DeGeneres. Mm, mm, Hell mm, hath wow. no fury like a drag queen scorned. <laughs> Sylvia Rivera, a transgender rights activist. Never be bullied into silence. Never allow yourself to be made a victim. Accept no one's definition of your life. Define Good. yourself. Harvey Feinstein, a play. A gay playwright, actor, and Tony winner. Mm. You don't have to live a lie. Living a lie will mess you up. It will send you into depression. It will warp your values. Gilbert Baker, creator of the Rainbow Pride flag. Mm. I've never been interested in being invincible and erased. Lavane Cox, a mm. transgender rights activist and actress. Rita Mayer Brown, a lesbian and feminine activist, said, I became a lesbian because of women, because women mm. are beautiful, yes. strong, and compassionate. Yes. Aspire to inspire before you expire. That's it. That's it. <laughs> this is CliffCentral.com.